thank you so much for your presence, for the power of your word, for a congregation that is hungry. It is a privilege, Father, to teach a hungry congregation. Holy Spirit, open up the word of God to us today. Download a word from heaven that will change us. Amen. While I was on the plane, I felt like God gave me a word for you today. It's the last teaching in a series on community, talking about us here. And I had this image in my mind that came up of a, I don't know, a a PowerPoint background. I just saw the PowerPoint that this message should be on. When I got home, I talked to my creative team, and uh, one of them sent me four or five backgrounds for PowerPoints. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll pick that one. And then the next day, uh, Carmel sent me and said, well, I found this one and literally gave me the PowerPoint picture to the T that I saw in the eye of my mind on the airplane. See, God's in the details. It was just him confirming to me, this is the word I want you to give to the body of Christ when you get home. It was a blue puzzle with a little piece up to the right hand side that was taken out of the piece. That right there was the exact image in my mind. It blew me away. It shocked me. I'm like, God is so God. He does those things to me all the time just to, just to confirm that you are flowing with what I want to say. And so today what I want to talk to you about is the fact that we are the body. Once you give your life to Christ... You instantaneously become a significant part of the most glorious, world-changing, God-glorifying entity on earth. It's called the body of Christ. There is no other organization on earth that even comes close to the effectiveness of the church when she's running right, which is running on God's love. When we see people and the earth, And the devil and God through the eyes of Jesus, we see everything perfectly accurate. When we feel the way he feels, when we empathize the way he empathizes, when we heal the way he heals, when we have the wisdom of Christ for our daily activities, when we are flowing in the love of God, we are uncomparable and unstoppable. And the key is for us. To be unified as the body of Christ, baptized in the love of God, so that God can flow through his body and accomplish his will in the earth. Now, Brian Heath has a great video, uh, music video, that describes this. And I want you to watch this and we'll jump back into the message today. Amen. Let's just pray for a moment. Father, we just ask that you would baptize this community in the love of God. You have said that you shed abroad the love of God in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, a teaching is nothing without you imparting the love of God into our hearts. Help us to feel as God feels and see as God sees. 
we give an invitation in this church to fill up our hearts with the love of God. Just a moment ago, somebody gave a, what they feel is a prophetic word of somebody here who has uh, gallstones, kidney stones, and that we're to uh, pray for you to be healed. Is that you? Would you raise your hand? It's a prophetic word right there, kidney stones. Okay. Um, why don't you uh, come down here real quick and let's uh, lay hands. Well, if you don't want to, you can stay there. You want to come down or stay there? Now everybody's looking at you. So you might as well just come on down. Well, let's lay hands. Uh, is there anybody else with kidney stones? Okay, this is a prophetic word. The Bible talks about prophecy, meaning, or a word of knowledge that you get information from God. You couldn't have any other way. And so, Tim, would you come up and lay hands? And, and Kathy and Gary, would you guys lay hands on Susan real quick? And let's believe God. You can just go on over here. And uh, these guys are going to pray for you. Right there is good. Uh, Tim's going to anoint you with oil. And uh, I was also asked that we would pray for Samuel as a congregation. Uh, is that okay with you? Father, we pray for Samuel right now, our son. And we take authority and curse this bacteria in his blood. In the name of the mighty, mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we take authority now over the source of that bacteria and we route you out. In the mighty name of Jesus, we command you to leave his blood system now. We declare cleansed blood in Samuel Tor's body. We declare heaven on earth in his body now. And we also pray for Susan now, God, that these kidney stones will dissolve and be gone. Thank you for the prophetic word in this church today that we would not have known unless you said it, Lord, which means you want this healed today and right now. So we agree in faith now. Kidney stones be dissolved and be removed in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise for that. Come on, in advance. Let's praise Him. God calls His church many things, an army, a bride, a special treasure. But when He calls us His body, what He is saying is, just like I lived and moved in the earth 2,000 years ago, and we can read the Gospels and see Jesus healing the lepers, raising the dead, healing the brokenhearted, and we read, isn't he beautiful? Don't you just fall in love with him? Isn't it shocking to watch him as you read the Gospels? And don't you long for that kind of Christianity? Well, the New Testament revelation, we now are his body. That is not a metaphor. It is a mystery. The Bible says Jesus is the head of the church and we are his body. What he is saying is, I still want to walk in the earth, but I want to do it through you. But the key is, listen now, the key for the body of Christ to fulfill Jesus' desire, which is to walk not at the same level of power that he walked in the same level of love and the same level of wisdom. He said, greater works you shall do than I did. For us to fulfill his desire, which is to walk in, uh, at a power level higher than he walked when he was in the earth, is for us to be unified. Because nobody functions when it is dysfunctional. I look at our new son, and I look at his amputated leg and his club foot, and I see how he desires to play with the other children. He desires to, to sit up at the table. There are many desires he has that cannot be fulfilled because his body is dysfunctional. There are pieces that are missing. That is the same thing that happens in the body of Christ. When we are dysfunctional, pieces are missing, pieces are lost. When we don't recognize 
the first point of my message that it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the body. We will never operate in the mystery of the body of Christ in the earth. Paul talks about this in in a very graphic analogy in 1 Corinthians 12. Go with me me with there, please. Um, I feel a little rushed because of the time getting away because we had so much to accomplish today before we go up to the park for three weeks. But I'm going to try to relax and lay this word in there, so please be patient with me. It'll be worth it. 1 Corinthians 12. Now listen, Paul is writing a letter to a church that is exploding in the gifts of the Spirit. Prophecy, wisdom, healing, miracles, tongues, interpretation. The first thing he says in 1 Corinthians in the first chapter is, Corinthian church, you guys come short and no gift. But it's total chaos and you're never going to reach your destiny. You'll never be the regional uh, city-shaking cha- church that you're called to be if you don't learn how to unify. And this is what God is saying to us at the Gathering Place Church today, is that we need to understand that for God to be able to accomplish all of His work through us, we need to be a community, a body of believers, not individuals all with our own agenda. One agenda, His agenda, the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. And so we look in verse 1. Now concerning, I'm going to read this out of the NIV. Now about spiritual gifts, brother, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit says Jesus is be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God works all and all of them in all men. Now, the each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, everybody say each one. Each one. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of the individual. So that the individual can feel successful. So the individual can feel like they are complete and satisfied. So the individual can be popular and have their face on the front cover of Charisma magazine. What is the purpose of God giving a manifestation of the Spirit to each one of the members of the body? What's it say? For the common good. The Bible says for the edification of the body. The word common is where we get the word community from. Unity. Common. What we have in common unifies us. It's critical that you recognize this morning, if you want to get your destiny on track with God, that it's not about you. Now, that that phrase may seem overused now that Rick Warren has used it in a wildly popular book. But this scripture, this passage, this whole chapter is screaming out the message. It's not about you. It's about the body. When you were born again, you entered the greatest entity on the planet, the body of Christ. And until you recognize that, you will never feel like you fit in Christianity. You'll always feel disjunct, disconnected on the outside looking until you realize it's not about you. You now on his agenda, his plan, his desires. And the prayer should be, Father, how can I bless your body today? How can I be about your business today? How have you designed me so that I can be a blessing to others? 
It's a complete paradigm shift to what has God done for me lately to what have I done for God lately. So what has the church done for me lately to how have I blessed the church lately? It's a massive paradigm shift for the Western world, but it is the only kingdom paradigm God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are looking through. And this is when you will find enormous purpose in your life when we be about his purpose instead of trying to get him or the church to be about our purpose. I don't hear a lot of amen going on right now, but you know it's good and you know it's true. So you might as well say amen. I'm trying to set you free this morning from a purposeless, unsatisfactory life. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. Another, speaking of different kinds of tongues. Another, interpretation of tongues. All these work one and the same Spirit. And He gives to each one just as He determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form, say it out loud, one body. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one Spirit into one body. So the key is, once you realize... This is not about my success. It's about God's success. Then you start asking the right questions. First of all, God, thank you for delivering me from darkness and translating me and allowing me to be part of your kingdom. Now, how can I be a blessing? He'll say, well, I gave you the gift of such and such. Find a body, a local body, and connect like a puzzle piece. And become a blessing to that body. You see, it doesn't make sense to say, I'm part of the universal body of Christ. That's like buying a puzzle and all the pieces are scattered all over San Diego. And I can't even give you an illustration because it doesn't even make sense. That all these puzzle pieces would be all over the county and somehow we're supposed to put them all together. It doesn't make sense. Jesus has broken his body up into units and then he plugs into each one of those units called a local church specific gifts that then connect in that local body and empowers that church so that's how it works then he can do it on a larger level and so every time somebody disconnects it weakens that body and so god has to bring other uh other believers with certain gifts to replenish the peace that is lacking what he wants to do is add and add and add to every local church in the region all the gifts necessary for his body to be unified so he's powerful units all throughout the city. Every local church, Paul said with every gift necessary, then the church at large, the city church, is truly the city church. Amen. So look what the scripture says. In a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and composite buckets. Compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every gift, kind of gift, for his guests for their blessing. That needs to be our goal. God, how can I be used by you to be a blessing 
to everyone around me. Now you have found your divine purpose. When you come to that place and are asking those kind of questions and praying those kind of prayers, you have found your divine purpose. And you will be used by God massively the rest of your life. So number one, we have to recognize it's not about you. It's about the body. Number two, the body needs you and it will suffer without you. Some of you have bought into the lie that you're not that significant. That insults the master architect. Jesus has no useless parts. You know, sometimes you get a toy, you try to put it together and they give you a few extra screws in case you lose one. He doesn't have any extra screws that are unnecessary. It's a lie of the devil to say to you, you are not necessary to the body of Christ. Because somebody else is already singing, somebody else is already preaching, somebody else is already ushering. Why would they need me? Because you are divinely, eternally unique. You are an expression of God that nobody else can ever be. And God has placed you in the body so that you can be, that you, God can express himself through you in a way that nobody else can be used by God. You need to recognize that's the voice of the enemy and shut it down and say, if God saved me, then I am significant. And he wants me to be a specific blessing to a specific body of believers. I am a puzzle piece that no other puzzle piece can match. Let's look at this in the scriptures, starting now in verse uh, 15. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am an eye. Wait a minute, I'm going to read this out of the uh, NIV. Let's go to verse 15. I'm going to start over. Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has, well, listen, arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, this is critical. Many times God will place you in a body you don't want to be in, but it's not about you. Remember that? You want to go back to point one and start all over? He is the master designer. He is the one that gives out gifts. He is the one that places us into the body just as he desires. And listen, most of the time God will place you into a body with people you don't want to be with. He's done that too many time and time and time again. And you feel like, you know, I don't fit here. No. One person said to me, I feel like a square peg in a round hole. And I said, well, God's trying to knock off the edges so that you fit. And listen, I know that's kind of funny. It's true. Many times he'll put you in a situation where you have to change. You have to grow. It's called marriage. I'm sorry, did I just say that? It's really true. Character is what makes the marriage successful. It's not the butterflies in the stomach. And I don't say that to be condescending. It is a fact that character is what makes a great home, a great marriage, great kids. It is not, I'm not in love anymore. Well, that's really overplayed anyway. That's really Hollywood. It's about love as an action. 
Love is a verb. Love is sacrifice. Love is living for the other person's needs being met, not your own. Love is others centered, you see. And so God will place you in a body because that body needs you because you have a specific gift. God wants you to inject into that body. And if you don't like the way the leadership is doing something, you don't like the people that are on your ministry team. You don't like the people in the home group. Just settle down, settle in and say, God, what is it in me that you would like to see change so that I can become a blessing to your body? So many times he puts me in scenarios with people that I don't like. Their theology is different. Their personalities are different. Their styles are different. And so many times I feel like I want to pop out, but I don't because I because because God sets you in the body. You're the puzzle piece that fits right in that spot. And every time I grow and when I grow I become a better blessing because now I can connect with more people of different theologies and different doctrines and different styles because I have learned to stretch and grow. Why? Because I say, Father, do you want me here? Yes. Darn. (laughs) If it's easy and smooth, I would be suspect that you're in the will of God. Well, the Apostle Paul is out of the will of God most of the time. Because he had it tough and rough. You guys want to hear any more? Yeah. You are eternally unique. There was no one else in the body of Christ exactly like you. And God has placed you in his body by his divine design to accomplish his divine purpose. I remember... uh, when Hope and I and the kids got a Christmas puzzle, a thousand-piece Christmas puzzle. And we spent four days spread out on the, on the uh, dining room table. And every time you walked by, you could try to put in a puzzle piece. And we labored and labored and labored over this puzzle. And we were getting so exasperated because we couldn't find the pieces we needed, only to find out that there were pieces missing. So we took it back to Walmart. And I had a bit of an attitude. Because that was an exercise in frustration. See, when we realize we're on God's agenda, we have to think twice before we unplug from the kingdom of God. You see? Now, some of you might think this is self-serving as a pastor to teach us because I just want you to be in this body. This isn't about me. This is about Him. It's about His body. We're about building his kingdom and his purposes. And we need to change our mindset and our mentality about what this is really all about. I'm going to say it again. It's not about us. It's about him. Amen. And so we need to be in the master's hand for the master's use for the master's purposes. Look at the scripture says God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve yourself. Is that what it says? Say it out loud. To serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak through as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. 
One of the major problems we have in charismatic churches and the spiritual renewal and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is that we are looking for the next buzz. We look for the next fall down, shake and quake. We look for the next vision. We look for the next shake. We look for the next, with the youth up on that screen, we're having these powerful encounters at youth camp. And one of the, one of the, I don't want to, I just want to say, Father, one of the problems with the way you do things is you do that to us and then we think it's all about us and we get prideful and then we think we're more superior than everybody else and we disconnect from the body of Christ because, of course, we are above all others because of our spiritual experience. And we get spiritually prideful, puffed up and arrogant. That's what was happening in the, in the Corinthian church. And we think that Christianity is about the next buzz, the next encounter, the next experience. Especially in a church like this where we cry out for the manifestation of heaven on earth. We cry out for the move of the Spirit. We are waiting for the next move of the Spirit. Then we get zapped. And you know what? Without the mentality that God has given me something to give away, to be a blessing to others. Without that mentality... God's desires never come to pass, which is the body gets blessed and benefited by the gift he gave to you. And it becomes a self-serving consumerism Christianity where I need another touch from God so I can feel better about me. But Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. Now, when there's a bless me line, I will be the first one in it. I will elbow you on the way up to the front of the line because I want to be touched by God as much as I can be touched on this side of heaven. I want every visitation, every dream I can have, every manifestation. But as soon as I get it, I'm looking how it can benefit the body of Christ. How can I give it away? Who can I bless with this? And that's how God then pours out more through your life. Can I hear an amen? So make it your goal to be a blessing to the body of Christ. That should be at the top of your goal list. My goals for my life. Why? Because that's on the top of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit's goal list. How can you be a blessing to my body? See, that's why it's got to be at the top of your goal list. How can I be a blessing to the body that God has called me into? That's my goal. Now you're going to be hearing God speak to you more than you maybe ever have before. Because now you're on his agenda instead of yours. Can I hear another amen just because I want to hear one? All right. So how do you, how do you make it, how do you, how can you make your goal to be a blessing to God's body? I'm going to do this very quickly. Number one, live in God's love. Don't be so touchy, so easily offended. It's just exhausting. Oh, it's so nice to relate to people that just don't get offended. It's so much easier. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, which is the next chapter after 1 Corinthians 12, after Paul talks about everything we're talking about, he goes into love. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. Let's just stop for a second. Let's just look at the reverse. You know, I don't know a Jackie in our church, so I'll just say Jackie is not very patient and she's not kind. She is very jealous, boastful, proud, and rude. Now, she's going to have a difficult time fitting into the body of Christ. And she's going to have a very difficult time being used by God to be a blessing to the body. You see why I say character is important. Love is what's important. Being other-centered is important. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. Woo! 
it does not rejoice about injustice, rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Listen, prophecy and tongues, unknown languages, special knowledge will become useless when Jesus returns. But love will last forever. Number two, discover what your gifts are so you can help the body grow. Ephesians says this, instead... We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part does its own, each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Be very slow to believe that God's moving you on to another body. Because you weaken the body you left and you'll probably afflict the body you joined. If it's not God moving you on, he might just be trying to get you to be that puzzle piece that fits in the right place as he designs. And all of a sudden, there's enormous leverage there. Same thing in any relationship you have in life, whether it's at work or whether it's in your marriage, in your home, friendships. Number three, know that God will judge you on how you use your gifts. The Bible says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Some of you are idle for whatever reason. Unforgiveness, you don't feel like you're important to the body of Christ. You don't like people and you like to live kind of a, a distant from the body of Christ. You will be judged by God on Judgment Day on how you use the gifts that he gave to you. You can see it in Matthew chapter 25 where Jesus talks about the, uh, the stewardship passage where Jesus gave gifts. Then he left and he came back and he gave awards to those who invested their gifts into his kingdom, got engaged, dove in head first. How can I be a blessing to the kingdom of God? And then he blesses you. But the one person that had excuses why they did not get engaged into the body, God's design, God's agenda, got a severe rebuke from the Lord. Because remember, it's not about you. It's about the body. If you're looking for purpose and destiny and satisfaction, you've got to get on God's agenda, which is blessing his body and the earth. Have I said that yet today? And then finally, number one, you need to know it's not about you. It's about the body. Number two, the body needs you and will suffer without you. And number three, you need the body and you will suffer without the body. Let's read again in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Starting in um, verse 20. But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again can the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. Now, the body... Uh, I'm sorry, we're going to go to verse uh, 24. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body as he has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. I so appreciate the way that you have poured out your love to Hope and I regarding our children. We feel so loved and so supported. But I want every member of this body to feel that way. That when you suffer, that we truly have this body identity. 
It is God's desire that we have a body identity. So that when one of us suffer in this church, we suffer, all suffer. When one gets a raise when the rest don't have a job, or when somebody gets healed and you haven't gotten healed yet, that's difficult. But remember, love is not jealous. That we are able to rejoice with one another when you have something good happen in your life. That we truly are the body of Christ. But you've got to put this mentality on for it ever to begin to happen. That you're about the body. And the Bible says clearly you will suffer without it. Because you will not have those who will be able to suffer with you when you suffer. Rejoice with you and you rejoice. And have the kind of care necessary. If you're disconnected from the body or living at a distance. Do you know, you do not have all the gifts. But you need all the gifts to fulfill God's purpose for your life. He has purposely not given you everything you need. Because he's placed it in the body around you. And you have to recognize, you've got, listen, once you catch up to this paradigm, Jesus' paradigm, you then will start... Asking God to help you see and recognize the gifts that he's placed around you so that you can fulfill God's design and purpose for your life. As you know, I've uh, been voted in. I say this just because it's a fact. Uh, it's, I think it's, there are better choices. But I've been voted in as the um, facilitator of the pastors in this region for the Unity Movement in North County, San Diego. I, but I'm about to leave for Africa, and I'm supposed to be putting together this half-day prayer retreat. And, and I'm just running frazzled. So what do I do? I think about one of the pastors in the region that has a strong administrative gift. And I call him up and I say, listen, I've got I to leave the country. Would you please take care of setting up this prayer retreat? Got it. No problem. Whew, great. Then I need another thing happening, another administrative gift. So I think of another pastor with a strong organizational skills. And I email him and say, would you please email all the other pastors, see who's going to become, come and take care of that. Yes, I got it. No problem. I'll go to Africa. I come back. The night before the retreat, Joe Rhodes, who is a great shepherd, a pastor of New Hope Church, calls me the night before and he says, hey, John, are you ready for tomorrow morning? I said, not in the least. I said, would you help uh, think this through with me? He says, yeah, here's what we're going to need. We're going to need a breakout session. We're going to need a prayer piece. We need a couple questions for the guys to meditate on as they walk out and pray uh, for an hour and come back and hear what God's saying to them. We need people to talk about their churches and what their churches need, personal life. I said, great. Will you put that all together for me? Because I am tired, weak, and I've got my new child. And he says, I got it. I said, okay, so you put it all together and then just give it to me tomorrow and then I'll lead it. He said, great. And that's exactly what happened. And it was it, it, and it all worked just great, except for when one of the pastors said, John, these questions you gave us to meditate were the same questions you gave us last year at the last retreat. I said, you know, I didn't want to have to say this, but I thought that if it all went well, I would let I, I would just take the credit for it. But I thought that if it didn't go well, I would have to let you know that Joe actually came up with those questions. <laughs> and I did say that. And then within the meeting, there were different uh, prophetic gifts and different gifts that operated to where we got God's vision for this entire region. I couldn't have gotten God's full vision for this entire region by myself because I don't have all the gifts. This church has a significant part to play in this region. We have specific 
DNA in this church body that when I shared with all the pastors at this regional prayer meeting, they were inspired by what I shared that our church is after. I said, we want more manifestations, more healing, more power. I got in the hot seat. They all laid hands on me and prayed. And they said, man, I want more of that now. You've inspired me. Then another pastor got in the seat and said, this is what we need. And I'm thinking, gosh, we need that too. See, every local church in the region has a specific gift that adds to the larger body of the region. Not every individual, not every church has all the gifts. We need each other. The Greek word for body is soma which relates to sozo, which means to heal, preserve, to be made whole. Therefore, each individual's well-being depends on the well-being of others in the body. Look at this passage. We're coming to a close. In this way, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a body, as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. <laughs> Isn't that a great translation? This is what Paul is saying. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12 and we'll bring this to a close today. Let's start at verse uh, uh, 25. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Will you say, I am a part of the body of Christ? Now say, I am a significant part of the body of Christ. Say, I count. Okay, now the devil's not going to be telling you that. That's why you need to be able to uh, declare that yourself. Now, you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration. Now, let me say one little quick word here about this. In charismatic circles, we think organization is of man. God is a very organized God. Have you noticed the galaxies lately? God pre-plans. It says before the foundations of the world, Jesus Christ was crucified. Paul says as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation. I like to say we are so organized at this church, we can afford to be spontaneous. There are those who get very, uh, there are those who feel we're quenching the spirit when we do things decently and in order. And yet this Chapter 12, 13, and 14 is all about flow in all the gifts you can flow in, but do them decently and in order. Be structured so that it can be a blessing to the bottom. It's not body. It's not just chaos. But there are those that think we quench the spirit if we have organization. Then there are those who are scared to death of spontaneity. And they think if you're just flying off the, you know, off the hip, that's just you and it's not God. Because, see, God does things decently and in order. 
Not all the time. God is very structured and he's very spontaneous. All at the same time. That's why he had hope and I marry each other. And I really mean this. Because when we got married, I said, let's write down on a piece of paper. You write down your top values, core values. I'll write down my top core values. And we went to different sides of the coffee shop. 20 minutes later, we came back and I said, okay, right, in priority, what is the top value? What, what, what is your core value? What do you need? And she said, the first one, structure. And she said, what's yours? I said, I don't really think you should look at it. Fun and spontaneity. That's why I said it takes character to have a good marriage. Because she has had to learn how to relax. And I have had to learn how to plan a few minutes in advance. Like one time, we just got married, we're driving us on Monday. I said, I think we should go to Julian this Saturday. She goes, yeah, that's a good idea. Saturday morning, we get up. She's packing things up and planning on going somewhere. I don't know where she was going. I said, what are you doing? She goes, we're going to Julian today. I said, what? She goes, well, we were talking in the car, and she said you wanted to go to Julian. I said, I was just thinking. I was talking out loud. See, extroverts process out loud. They just talk, and then after they've said it all, Lord, thank you for the message today. That is a <laughs> clear cue that I've gone on and on and awesome. off track. So, so, Amen. so we're about to leave this place and go up on the hilltop and be the church out loud because we are the church wherever we go. But listen, more than the church, we are a body. That's why when new people walk through that door, you got to recognize there comes a puzzle piece. Here comes a special gift. Here comes a unique creation of God, God's landscape. And help them acclimate and find their place, live in love, and let's be the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. So, let's do this real quick in closing. Let's apply this. If you are the person sitting here today and you have been, you have felt like church is about you. What has the church done for me lately? How have they blessed me? How does this fit my life? Right now is a good time to repent from that mentality. Change your thinking. Right now, between.